Here we are recording remote took the show on the road for the month of December. I'm back in Florida, baby. The old FL, the old gator country, the old good time in the sun, fun, having go getting them Florida blast from the plat pad. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have anything else to say. Florida is great. I love it. It's so nice here. I feel stronger already getting off the plane. I could feel <laughs> Florida returning more power to me. Like Aqu- I don't even think of Aquaman. I think of for the Marvel nerds out there and I'm not talking Marvel movies. I'm talking comic books. What happened before the movies, there were comic books back in the day. There's a character called the Submariner who is basically Marvel ripping off Aquaman, but he's more badass. He was always badass and he was never, you know, floating on the back of stingrays or whatever that gif is of Aquaman looking all wimpy and lame. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> remember some th- scene in the comic books from when I was a kid and it was, it's like, he's trying to lift this thing and he can't, I think he, I think he was brainwashed and he has to, the Submariner is brainwashed by a, a bad guy and he's forced to rob a bank and he goes into this bank and he's trying to rip the door off the, off the vault of the bank so he can get at the money and he's not, he's not strong enough. He can't do it. So what he does is he sets off the fire alarm, which sets off the sprinklers and water rains down and strength returns to his muscles. And he's able to rip the door off of that bank safe. And I feel much the same returning to my homeland, the dirt I was born on the state of Florida, baby. It's or and driving. Oh man, I grew up on the Island. You don't even know. You don't even know what it's like over here driving, driving from Orlando, (laughs) coming over those bridges, salt air hitting you in the face. I'm just in the back of the car, just moaning in ecstasy like Thanos when he puts that last infinity stone in the gauntlet and just kind of, oh, I'm like moans into the sky. That's what it feels like returning home. It's just, it's just, does everyone feel this way when you go home? Do you? Do you feel a spiritual bond to your homeland the way I do to Florida? It is wild. The air is different. It smells different. Things are different. Things are different here and things are different when I get home. Things are different here and now. My parents moved. So when I go to visit them, I'm not staying in my old bedroom anymore. It's a new bed. I'm in their guest room right now. I'm on the floor. If you're watching this video, I'm on the floor of the bedroom. There's a chair. Didn't want to sit in a chair. Went for the floor today. I feel like this is a floor pod. This is a sit on the floor. I'm not some hoity toity bullshitter sitting in a chair talking down to you guys. King of the castle, king of the castle in my chair. I'm on the floor with the people (laughs) speaking truths. Gosh, my parents moved to this house. It's on the canal. Ugh, 
canal life. Just a different way of living, man. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I'm working remote and I'm typing on my computer. I'm looking out the window and there's just just water and people on boats and animals all over the place. I forget in New York, there aren't. There are animals in New York, but they're all the animals. It's never exciting to see an animal in New York. It's exciting, but not in a good way. It's like, oh my God, this rat is on the bench next to me. I don't want this. <laughs> oh my God, the pigeons are following me. I hate this. That is the kind of <laughs> scary numbers. It just feel the animals in New York just feel like un, they feel unwell. No one's ever like, oh, my God, there's a pigeon. It's just like, oh, my God, there's so many pigeons. If they turned on us, we would be useless. We would be futile to stop them. Rats outnumber humans 100 to one in New York City, and it's a nightmare <laughs> potentially. But in here in Florida, there's just it's just there's squirrels and trees. Oh, oh, my God. You know how great it feels to look at a tree, hear something scurrying up there, and it's not a giant rat? <laughs> Never seen anything like that before. I thought it was only raccoons and squirrels climbing trees. And then one of like the first months I was in New York, I was sitting in a park in like the East Village and just rats scurrying up and down trees. Why aren't there squirrels in New York? The rats ate them. That's why. That's why there's no squirrels. Here there's squirrels. I'm not in canal life guys canal life. It's good. There's fish fish in the water. <laughs> it's what there's dolphins. Oh my God. When I, <laughs> I went out on, I got here on Saturday night, Sunday, 70 degrees <laughs> walking around in shorts and flip flops strolling the dock. My parents have this kind of like long dock that they share with all the other like townhouses on the street and went out there immediately saw dolphins just looking for fish. Oh man. Dolphins are great. Pelicans. Oh guys, the pelicans. Amazing. Amazing. My parents were so excited for me to see these pelicans because they, they listened to a pod earlier where I talked about how they're my favorite bird. I, I didn't, I guess really I, I don't think about birds that much. <laughs> That's the truth. Like pelicans are probably my favorite bird, but not in a way like I need to buy things with pelicans on them. You know, I remember in elementary school, there was a girl who loved cows and then she just had everything was a cow. You know, like if you if that's your thing, people just they're like, okay, cool. It's Tracy's birthday. It's time to get her some cow stuff. But, you know, as an adult, no one's ever been like, oh, Tim loves pelicans. We got to get Tim some pelican things, you know, because he's always wearing those pelican T-shirts and those pelican hats and those pelican earrings that he pierced his ear for just so he could wear. No, it's not like that with me and pelicans, but I love seeing if you see a pelican, it's just going to be a good time. You know, it's going to be a good time. Name another bird that you see and you're like, okay, we're having fun. You know, <laughs> there's none. <laughs> These pelicans are a riot, man. They're just hanging out on the river and then they see a fish and they fly. They're so, they're so graceful. They're these big, <laughs> dumb, ugly looking birds. And they fly. They have to do that thing where because their necks are so long, they have to scrunch up their necks so they they fly and their necks all folded up. But somehow they're like streamlined and beautiful and graceful, and they just like glide in beautifully across the water. And then to get the fish, they just cannonball into the water out of a beautiful glide. It'd be like if an Olympic athlete 
you know, went off the high dive and then three feet above the water, just, just curled up and hit like a, <laughs> hit a flying squirrel or a cannonball, like right in that thing. These things are a mess. They slap down, they splash, and they suck at getting fish, man. I was watching them like all day. I didn't see a single one get a fish. How are these guys alive? They're probably starving out here. No, I'm getting fit because they just cannibal and they scare the fish away and they don't seem they just don't seem like they're good at the one thing they have to do, which is find enough food to eat. And they <laughs> they're just they're having they seem like they're having fun, though. I don't know. You can't can't knock them. They seem good, but then they're they're the pelicans. Okay, so you see these pelicans, and then there's an osprey around here, which is a fishing bird. It's like a little falcon type thing, or or a hawk. I I realized today I don't understand the difference between eagles, falcons, and hawks. I'm sure maybe I did at some point, but really, Florida. Uh, you know, I haven't been here in a while, but it's the kind of place. Like if I if I lived here full time, I would get into birds. I would be like, because <laughs> you see it, because you have no choice. You know, my parents got this new house and they're talking about different kinds of plants. Can you imagine knowing different kinds of plants? Oh, here's a hibiscus. Here's a, I can't even, I can't even for this bit. I can't even name another plant and my parents are just rattling them off. Yeah. We got the croton, the, the palm, the Christmas palm is over going to be over here. And I'm like, I don't know what any of these mean, but they all look great. It all looks good. It all looks great. But that'd be me with birds. If I lived down here, I'd just be like going, Oh yeah, here's a scrub Jay. Here's a, Here's a cardinal. Oh, here's an osprey. Here's the beautiful, powerful osprey. I'd have a book right by the window. Have my binoculars ready. <laughs> Whenever I hear a flutter of wings, be peeping out that window, looking for the the perpetrator. This osprey, man, it's just hanging out, watching these pelicans fail and embarrass themselves over and over again. And then just like nothing. Osprey just glides over the <laughs> glides over the water. Boom. Plucks up a fish like it's nothing. Doesn't even break a sweat and then just flies away. It just, it just flies off and then it comes back. It does a little lap just holding the fish. It does a little lap around the whole water thing around the house just to show off like, hey, pelicans here. You see this fish I got? This is this is how you do it. Don't even, I don't even care about this. This is nothing to me. I just swoop by. I get a fish and I'm gone, baby. That's me. Osprey. <laughs> Suck it, pelicans. Osprey out. Flipping the bird on the way out. Ospreys don't play, man. But pelicans do, and that's why that's why they're a good bird. Osprey's impressive. Lethal. Assassins. Pelicans. They're the demolitions expert, like on the crew on your crew. Just wanting to blow stuff up. If you're building a squad to rob a bank you know, an action movie and you're trying to put a team together for a heist. The Osprey is up on a high altitude They're They've got like a sniper rifle and they're stationed a high on a building like far away and they take like a crucial shot. Like you don't even realize they're in the crew until like halfway through the heist and then a bad guy or whatever, like tries to double cross them. And then you just see it. Then like his head explodes and then you look up and you see like through the glass, there's like a little bullet hole and then the camera like rack focuses up to the skyscraper and then zooms in on a guy and it's the Osprey just in the, in like the crow's nest, which is the Osprey's nest now. And it's got a sniper rifle and just kind of nods at you. Like we're good, man. We're good. The Pelican is the guy who's supposed to blow like the floor underneath the safes that it drops through. I'm just obsessed with banks today and safes. The Pelican is the guy who's supposed to, he's supposed to blow up the floor underneath the safe. So it drops down onto the mini coopers that you are using to transport the money. 
And along the way, like during the course of this movie, the Pelicans like blowing stuff up in the background and like accidentally blows up a car and like destroys a bathroom when you're just like, oh my God, this Pelican, he's going to mess everything up. But he comes through in the end, I guess. I don't know. They're They're cool. <laughs> Took the plane here. Obviously, I didn't drive. I didn't walk here. New York to Florida. Got on the airplane. Everyone's wearing masks. It seems safe. Ish. I don't know. I don't want to encourage people to, to travel, but I don't know it. Knock on wood. Everything's okay. I, we've been playing this weird game, the social distance game with my parents now because we're in this the same house. I'm sleeping here. We've been doing a, a surprisingly good job of like distancing inside. I wear my mask around them. I try and stay at least six feet away. I mean, inside who knows, you know, but trying to be as safe as possible and it's a little obnoxious, but it's not as hard as I thought it would be. Honestly, it's working out. Okay. I don't know if there's anything interesting there. TSA. I mean, everyone has jokes about airplanes. There's nothing new, but I mean, I have this TSA pre-check that I, I feel like I moved heaven and earth to get TSA pre-check. I had to go to like the financial district and sign a piece of paper and they made it seem like it was going to be a whole thing, but it was like five minutes and I just signed something and then I left and, and then I, but I had, then I had to pay money and now I have P- TSA pre-check. So when I sign up for a flight, if I'm like, cool, I want TSA. I just want to be treated <laughs> differently. I don't know. <laughs> I know I'm town and sitting on the floor of man of the people, but I'm a TSA pre-check approved flyer. So roll out the red carpet for me because I have been approved. All right. The government has looked into my background. I am not a threat, which, you know, I, I mean this, I mean this, their check gets me on flights, but look again, government, you think I'm not a threat. It's like you're calling me a pussy or something. No, I'm a man. I'm a man with plans. And if you get in my way, you're going to be asked politely to scoot aside so I can get by. That is me. Okay. No one has anything to worry about for me. I just, you know, it just feels, maybe it feels like they just don't care about me. Like I'm just not, not important enough to not be on the TSA. But anyway, I got TSA pre-check. They looked, they didn't find anything. So now I can, I don't know what exactly you get with pre-check. I'm supposed to have a different lane. You're supposed to be like, oh, this is the TSA pre-check line. But I went to <laughs> the airport like three hours early because that's how I roll. All right. I get to the airport early. If you're not early, you're late. That was what my football coach told me in high school. And I have only applied that to getting to the airport. <laughs> football practice, senior year and arriving to the airport. If you aren't three hours early, you are late. And I, I didn't even think about it with COVID. It's like, it's not like you want to spend more time. Usually I'll go to the food court or like look around, just kind of relax a little bit before the flight. And now, boy, I just tried to find a little table by myself, like away from people. And it's not fun to just hang out at the COVID airport. Stressful. Just, just extra stressed me out. And then pre-check. They're just like, ah, oh, no, there aren't a lot of people here. Just get in the regular line. It's like, excuse me, the regular line. But I, I have pre-check and they're like, yeah, we know you can get in the regular line. It's like, okay, okay. You obviously don't recognize me. It's me, Tim Keck, a famous podcaster uh, and TSA pre-check recipient uh, from, I was awarded TSA pre-check from the government. So yeah, make way for me. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then you just get on the same line as everything else. And then there, then well, I don't know. You do the same. I took off my belt. I emptied my pockets. The one thing you definitely get to do with TSA pre-check is you don't have to take off your shoes. You don't have to take off your shoes. And I was like, I need something. I need some win from this pre-check thing. And this guy was like, Hey man, you got to take off your shoes. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm pre-check. And he's like, okay, where's your ticket? I'm like, it's on my phone. It's in the conveyor belt. He's like, you should take your shoes off. I'm like, okay, <laughs> what can you do at that point? I don't know. I got ripped off at the airport first night here in Florida. Family celebrated by watching Practical Jokers. If you know me, <laughs> you know me at all. There's only one thing that makes me laugh. Or that's comedy. I don't know. I the impractical jokers. I for some reason I, impro- I, I I associate the impractical joker TV show with being home. I've only ever watched it in Florida in my parents' house. It's like the one show that my entire family can agree is like okay to watch. And they watch it all the time, I guess, but I never watch it. So every episode on rerun is new to me and exciting. And we crushed it. We crushed like eight hours of <laughs> if you turn on, I don't even know what channel is. You know why? Because I don't watch it on my own. My family turns it on. Folks turn on the TV and practical jokers are waiting for you. And it's like true TV, I think. And they just do back to back blocks like every night of the week. It's like eight hour marathons of impractical jokers. These guys are crushing it. And they're then they're and the whole time they're running commercials for their other stuff. And they're just begging you to watch like Adam ruins everything or like the video dorks of like Brian Posehn ripping off ridiculousness and just sitting in a chair and ripping ripping on internet videos. Oh my God. They would love for you to watch these other shows. The guy who just goes around and does magic outside, but it's like illusions and it's not real magic because he sucks. I don't even Oh God, true TV would love it. If they had anything at all that people even cared about in the slightest, but they don't except for impractical jokers, which is the best show on television. These guys are incredible. They are at the top of their form. I put their comedy up against anyone. Dave Chappelle, Richard Pryor, the great Saturday night live casts have nothing on the impractical Joker gang. These guys are gods among men. They are Titans in the industry and you should bow down before their comedy prowess. My God, <laughs> these guys, that's great. They're just, they're just prank. You know, nothing. I, as a standup, nothing. I will never be able to write a joke funnier then one of the jackass dudes falling off of something and getting hit in the nuts. Like that's a, that's a, a basic flaw with the comedy industry is we're all trying to write jokes that are funnier than Johnny Knoxville getting punched in the throat by like a boxing glove that pops out of like a door or whatever that bit was, you know, where they had a sign and they had somebody read it and then they get punched in the face, man, that was great. That's the peak comedy people falling off of stuff people getting hurt that's as good as it gets otherwise it's pranking people pranks always funny if they're if they're funny whatever the practical joker guys are great they're so good 
everyone should watch the show. I don't know. I don't know why I'm encouraging people to watch a very successful show with very successful people. It's weird now. They're getting recognized and stuff. I've never seen that before. They do all these pranks and they're just out in New York messing with people. And now this is the first time I've seen during the show, people like recognize them mid prank and are just like, stop being mad. And like, Oh yeah. Hey guys, how's it going? Oh my God, Sal. I love you, Sal, which is crazy. Cause he's the worst one. And people, uh, get so excited to see these as I would, I would be excited to see these guys. The last one, you know, the loser, they prank each other, I guess. And then somehow somebody loses the prank war. And at the end of every episode, the loser has to do like a challenge. And this dude, Joe Gatto had to go to the park and convince strangers to rub sunscreen on him. And immediately as they start this like bit, uh, a fan recognizes him and comes up and starts talking to him. And then Joe tricks the fan into thinking that they aren't recording and then asks the, the fan to rub sun lotion on him. So the two of them just have a conversation in the park where the fan is like geeking out and rubbing suntan lotion all over Joe. Jokato's body while he is like just talking about the impractical jokers cast and how fun the other guys are and it's crazy it's wild that they have to do with this now but they're they're gonna become too famous for these pranks I don't know if you guys saw the new Borat movie but the same thing happened with him Sasha Baron Cohen huge star Borat everyone knows who Borat is except for I don't know like Rudy Giuliani or whoever but now he has to he had to bring in that other girl to do these jokes and he had to be Borat in disguise as somebody else he's doing like three layers of like meta character work just to get out there and prank people because he's too famous and I'm worried about our boys our boys the tenderloins I'm worried the impractical jokers are going to get too famous that they won't be able to deliver this incredible show that I only watch when I'm home in Florida visiting my parents. That is my greatest fear. <laughs> my greatest fear in life. You know what's sad for these dudes though? Every every episode, Sal Sal's the big one on this. I think he's trying to do stand-up comedy. These other guys are like trying to be like I hate this real comedian. They like want, I can feel it. I can feel that they are aware that what they're doing is hacky to some regard. And they're trying to make it seem like they are like real comedy aficionado, like they respect comedy on a platform. They, you, you can tell because they're wearing stuff. Sal, or like the guys always wear like t-shirts from different groups. It's like I saw they were, they were wearing one from like Human Giant and Derek Comedy and he wore like that uh, company that uh, Nathan Fielder started on Nathan For You. They bought like jackets from that and so they were wearing that during an episode. They're making all these nods to like arguably more artistic endeavors uh, comedically just to be like, we know we got the, we know what's going on. We can, we can hang with these guys. We respect the true masters of the craft, but in practical joker guys, keep those chins up, man. You guys are awesome. <laughs> those guys aren't doing anything better than you, man. People want to laugh. You're making people laugh. That's as good as anything. Sure. There's different, there's more artsy stuff. There's always somebody who's more artistic, more on top of the craft, but come on. You're, you guys are you guys are incredible. Keep your chins up, you rich fucks with your your own TV show. It'll get better. Once the show's canceled, there'll be like five years where like people are kind of like watching reruns and forgetting about it. And then you guys will get to put out comedy specials and do like real artsy stuff. People will be excited about it because they like you guys. It'll be fine. <laughs>
<laughs> Call me. If you need a pep talk, hit me up. It's good. Uh, there was another, there, I, there was a really awesome video I saw online the other day of Joe Gatto's wife. Who's like one of the impractical jokers. And she did this like TikTok thing about like how she's not a gold digger, how people have like called her a gold digger. And she's like, no, I knew Joe before he was famous and we dated in high school. And it's like, yo, nobody should think that you're gold digging by dating one of the impractical joker guys. <laughs> I mean, they're just like middle-aged schmucks or like i mean they're funny but like nobody's ever like oh you're only with him for his money it's like i don't know man they seem like fun just like nice nice dudes you know like i don't know it's not like you got knocked up once they got drafted into the nba you know like to keep that bag you're just like hanging out with with a guy who happens to have like a friendly tv show i don't know i've spent too long talking about impractical jokers let's see okay we're gonna go right into this new segment i came up with the new segment only segment this week calling it call outs okay people calling me out on stuff i love it i love getting called out you want to email the show you can it's it's on the podcast feed somewhere you want to call the show leave me a voicemail you totally can i have friends family just shoot me texts all the time being like, Hey, I listened. Here's this blah, 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 whatever. This is going to be where I, uh, retaliate or respond to said comments. Anyway, buddy of mine (laughs) was talking about, uh, we're talking about relationship stuff, real shit, asking real questions. And he's like, Hey man, why don't you ever talk about real stuff on the podcast instead of how many like birds are in Australia or whatever. <laughs> it's like, Hey man, I got you, dude. could talk real shit. You know, what we were talking about was, was how women are obsessed with height. That's like a bit. It's a, it's everywhere. It's a bit on Tinder profiles. It's like, Oh yeah, you're blind dating somebody or mean somebody online. What do women want to know? What do you do? How tall are you? Why do they want to know how tall, who cares how tall you are? There's a, there's a weird thing of like, people feel women feel like the men have to be taller than them, which I guess I get to some extent, you know, I get it. And it's, it's whatever, but I don't know, but he brought up the double standard of like, oh yeah, women are like, how am I, how tall are you? But you can't ask a girl like, okay, cool. What you weigh? (laughs) What do you weigh? What's up? What's this? What's uh cup size? Send that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Why are we, why is height the thing? People are intimidated by it. I'm intimidated by it a little bit, but I'm a big dude. I'm a tall guy. I'm a big dude. And I've just always liked, you know, like small girls, small women. <laughs> small, I don't want to be quoted saying I like small girl, small women, women, big. I've, I've like dated big women and like gone out with big women. And it's like, and I'm not talking like, you know, obese or whatever, not shitting on that, but I'm just saying there are like women out there who are like physically tens who are just happen to somehow be like six feet tall. And people are like, Oh yeah. Ugh, I could never date her. This gorgeous, beautiful supermodel who is like three inches taller than me. It's like, bro, that is a flex. That is a flex and a half. If you're pulling a tall girl, that means you're man enough for a tall. I don't even know. I don't even know where I'm going with it. As a big guy, people get mad that I'm like, cool. Yeah, you're five, five, four. Nice. <laughs> I dig it. I'm into it. I'm into, uh, I'm into the short women. That's fine. 
Big women are cool too. I'm all, I'm all whatever. Love who you want to love, man. It's all good. There are guys who love women being bigger than them. There are, I mean, I guess a lot of women guys to be bigger as a dude. I like being big. I like feeling big. You know, I like dating a girl where I feel like manly feel like man, she can't reach stuff and I get to reach things for her. that's fun. That's like one of the, one of the perks, you know, if we're hanging out in the apartment and there's like a weird noise, I want to get up and investigate, you know, <laughs> I mean, women should be able to take care of themselves, but I don't want to, you know, there's a weird noise and the girl's like, hey, hold on, babe. I'll keep you safe. And like picks up a bat and like, walks outside to, to crush some skulls. I don't know. <laughs> oh, maybe. I don't know. I went, I went on a date with a girl one time who, was, who said who, uh, you know, was talking about boots or something like that. And she's like, oh, wow, we somehow came up that were the same shoe size. And I was and I, you know, and it's a regret of mine. I was too intimidated by that. I was being honest, <laughs> being completely honest. I was like, oh, wow, she's like too much, too much woman for me. I don't know. That's why in hindsight, it's like, you know, man, you, you passed up on a hottie just because of your your ego, I guess. I don't know. Whatever whatever. It's crazy. It's crazy that people care about height and stuff. Obviously there's way more important things. And at the end of the day, you're not going to care how tall somebody is. You're going to care about how they make you feel and all that stuff. So that's my real sappy love advice. That's my, oh, that's my actual advice. Real advice. I mean, dating advice is tough. You gotta just like do your thing, man. I, <laughs> If you're out there, you're like looking to date and I, I don't know. I mean, what am I? I'm a perpetually single dude, but it, it seems to me like if you got to just be weird, man, the weirder you are, the more polarizing you are, the more people are like, don't love you. I see. I always want to be loved by everybody. That's something that I always gravitate towards is I just want everyone to, to like me. And that's kind of dumb, you know? You should be a little polarizing because then you're being your true self alienate some people because the more people you alienate, the more people that you actually like are going to are going to love you. The more people dislike you, the more some people love you. I think <laughs> I'm not saying be like provocative and crazy. I'm just saying, do you be you be the most you you can be. I saw a clip the other day. The fattest man in the world has a girlfriend. Wrap your minds around that. This dude is like a ton. He can't get out of bed. He needs someone to wash the folds of his fat because he can't reach them. And he's pulling a girl. He's got a girlfriend <laughs> who loves him and cares about him. So whatever your deal is, there's somebody out there who's excited to lift up your fat folds and scrape out the fungus underneath. There's your, you've got a nice fat washer out there somewhere for whoever you are out there, whatever your thousand pound man is. There's a girl out there who thinks it's pretty sweet or guy or whatever, whoever it is. There's someone out there who thinks it's pretty rad. Let's see. I guess <laughs> I don't know. What am I? I don't know what I'm talking about. Relationship stuff. It's yeah. I, it's, I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I talked to a buddy the other day was like, Hey man, let's like grab a socially distanced beer. And he was like, you know, can't cause my, uh, the girlfriend's sick. And I was like, Oh, what did she get you sick? Is that what <laughs> this is? 
I don't understand what that has has to do with you and me hanging out. Why does it why does it matter? Why do you need to be there if she's not feeling well? I guess my instinct is like if I don't feel well, I just like get into a dark room by myself and fall asleep. You know, God forbid if you ever see me out on the road just like curled up taking a nap, like call 911 because I must have gotten hit by a car or something. I'm probably bleeding internally because that's how I roll. You know, I go to sleep immediately. I don't want to be around people when I'm sick, but I don't know. As soon as you become a girlfriend or a boyfriend, it's like, oh, you just need to be (laughs) someone to take care of me. Oh, can't imagine. Can't (laughs) imagine. Another friend, I was like, hey, man, yeah, you should totally watch this. He's like, oh, you know, I can't because, you know, me and my girlfriend watch everything together and, you know, she's going to want to be involved in this and she won't like it. And it's like, Oh, I I don't know what that's like. (laughs) You guys don't have two TVs. You don't have a, you don't have a laptop. You can watch something on. You don't have God forbid headphones. You can use. (laughs) This is probably a bad look because that dude is probably listening to this podcast with his girlfriend right now. So I don't know why I'm even (laughs) even saying this shit. Dude can't can't wipe his ass by himself. She's definitely hearing about this. I don't know what I'm what I'm talking about. Okay, guys, that is it for me today. Short one, sweet one. Uh, You know, reach out to the show. I'm going to be doing remote in Florida all week. Shoot me an email. Shoot me a text. Whatever, guys. Hang out. um, Email the show. Call the show. Let me know. And the king stays king. Bye. (laughs) 